everyone and welcome to Ayumi's last podcast of 2021. Today I will be speaking with Ayumi President Richard Turner and we will be talking about the highlights of 2021 for Ayumi, the current challenges that marine insurers are facing and also a look at what might be in store for 2022. Hi Richard and welcome. Hello Kat. Hello everybody. To begin, what would you say have been the highlights for Ayumi this year? Well, when I when I think about Ayumi's journey this year, I, I feel the need to put it in some kind of external perspective. And there's a quote that's been I've been carrying around with me for, for some time now, which I think is worth just dwelling on for a moment, and it's it's Charles Dickens from The Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times, it was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness, it was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. And I've met, I've quoted those a few times this year, actually, in speeches. That book was published in 1859. But I think it actually speaks to us in quite a significant way to today's world and today's challenges. And so, and it kind of leads me into my first highlight for our Yumi, which is that actually... Despite the pandemic, despite all the geopolitical tensions and the regional issues and conflicts, Ayumi has managed to keep a very stable operation going through the course of 2021 in quite difficult circumstances. We've had to adapt our plans at times, and more often than not, that's meant planning for an in-person event and then having to switch it to to a Zoom-type environment. But overall, I felt we kept our agenda and our priorities moving forwards throughout the year. And for me, one of the highlights, I think, is the moment in September at our main conference when our Facts and Figures Committee uh, revealed that the, the size of the industry had grown to $30 billion during 2020, which is remarkable that you know we were reporting a 6% growth given the disruption caused by COVID in 2020, the disruption to trade and so on. So that for me was one of the highlight moments of the year. I think I would I would also pick out education. So that's not a necessarily a, a, an in-year highlight. That is a that is a, an accumulation of activity with outcomes in 2021 because obviously education has been a priority for us for quite some time now. You know, we drive this off the back of our education forum. We developed a few years ago the online training modules for cargo and hull. We launched our webinars and more recently, actually during the pandemic, our podcasts. And of course, last year, we announced our joint initiative with the World Maritime University. So we've now awarded two bursaries for the World Maritime University's Marine Insurance Law and Practice postgraduate course. So kind of for me, one of the highlights of this year was was the accumulation of people going through these things that we have put in place. So We've now, uh, in the past nearly two years, we've had over 5,000 people attend our webinars. And the educational tutorial program, we're now well over 200 students. But what really impresses me, actually, is that those 200 students are from 32 different countries. So the the work that IUMI has done to develop the educational material has, you know, really found international recognition. Uh, There's clearly a need out there for it. And I think the third and, and final highlight I would pick out would be in the advocacy area. Again, a long-standing 
role of our unions, but I think the the real highlight is the progress we've made this year on tackling the issue of container ship fires. So our union made a, a joint submission to IMO together with flag states such as Germany and Bahamas. And it's really, really heartening to see the IMO's Maritime Safety Committee now timetabling a review of potential amendments to SOLAS concerning the detection and control of fire on board container ships. We can also point to one or two milestones in the ESG space, notably that within the last 18 months, we have become a supporting institution for the principles of sustainable insurance. And also, we signed the Neptune Declaration on seafarer well-being, you know, reflecting this issue of crews being stuck on ships during the during the pandemic, which is which is a real problem. And so it, sometimes it's right for us to join with the wider community and, and stand up to, to do the right thing. And I think that was one such example. Thank you. That's great. How has the ongoing pandemic affected Ayumi? Oh, well, I mean, it's a long time since we last held um, what I would call a major face-to-face event. I mean, I actually looked it up. 9th of February 2020 was our last full in-person meeting and that was our winter meeting that we held in London at that time and I I think if we're being honest I don't think any of us understood at that moment the extent of what was coming although we had kind of straws in the wind with one or two one or two people even then not being able to attend the meeting because of Covid and I can vividly recall the discussions we had sort of March April time last year as we were contemplating the the lockdown measures that were coming in right across the world. And of course, when you're, when you're in that situation, there's a, there's a host of things you don't know. You don't know at that point whether the annual conference is going to be viable. You don't know how long you're not going to be able to do travel for. You have concerns about the operational stability of the organisation. And one of our big concerns at that point was what would the financial impact be in terms of our running costs and so on. And I guess a wider concern was how would the community react? Because Ayumi's tradition has very much been oriented towards in-person meetings. That's how Ayumi has done its work, typically. And so we wondered how that would be impacted by the events that were unfolding at that time. But I, I I think we can reflect now and have been able to for some time, in fact, that We've managed to keep the organisation moving forwards. The Secretariat immediately adapted to a working from home environment. They also managed to cut costs significantly to the point where actually, remarkably, we were able to balance the books on revenue last year. And we readily adopted online and remote working formats. So so that's where the technology has really helped. I sometimes amuse on the scenario that if um, COVID-19 had hit us 20 or 30 years ago, how much worse would it have been for the running of all our uh, operations and businesses? But I think we made really good use of the technology. Now, all our executive committee meetings went online. We, we still held our spring conferences. We just did them remotely. We had to cancel one or two things, notably the Asia forum format that we, we were hoping to hold in Malaysia last year. And we would have done something similar this year. But, but we had to we had to put a stop to those. And of course, our main events, our flagship events, the annual conferences that we held that we hold in September, that the ones we were going to hold in Stockholm and Seoul, uh, inevitably, we had to take a decision to to move those online, which was both 
regrettable to have to do it, but also heartening that they were such successful events, notwithstanding the online format. And we've tried to we've tried to take advantage of some areas we can do more of. I think the, the podcast series is a good example of that. Actually, we've done much more of that during the pandemic. And we also got our answer on the community side of things. Everybody in the Ayumi family stepped up, and you know I. I range from the secretariat to the executive committee to the members of the technical committees and forums. Everybody stepped up, and I would, you know, remember here that time zones aren't always kind in that situation. And our, our colleagues in Asia and America have often had to dial in at um, not very sociable hours. So I, I do, but I, so I do thank everybody in the organisation for what they've done. So um, I think we've got through it okay, but I'm certainly looking forward to. Let's hope for a more normal year in 2022. Thank you. Thank you. As the year comes to an end, what would you say are the biggest issues that marine insurers and Ayumi are currently dealing with? Well, I think I would I would pick out three. One is the pandemic, because it's the ongoing impacts of the pandemic. We've just discussed that. So and I think the second and third would be the environment and decarbonisation on the one hand and the continued development of data and digitalization on the other. So... If we if we just pick on the environment and decarbonisation first, I mean I've I've regularly talked about what I describe as the three impacts of climate change on the marine insurance sector. So firstly, you've got the issue of climate change itself and the impact it's having on the frequency and severity of of claims that we are seeing. I I don't think there's there can be too much argument about the the increase in the frequency and severity of of things like windstorms. But of course, sea level increase is another consequence. And the assets that we protect are moving through port and coastal areas. So you can you can readily appreciate that the the potential for more frequent, much more frequent coastal flooding in the future could have an impact on the assets that, that we're protecting. So there's the climate change piece. Secondly, there is the the feature that the assets that we're protecting are going to change and that's already happening we've already seen the introduction of low sulfur fuels on ships and clearly that's just a step along the path to the future decarbonization of 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 ships and so on and then the third area i think that that will be a long-term challenge is that the sustainability of some industries is is going to affect the type of business that we underwrite and protect as an industry so some industries will inevitably i think shrink as a consequence of the drive towards decarbonization and but others will flourish and grow and i think as we have always done over many centuries our job as insurers is to is to provide a product and a a service to our clients that reflects their changing needs so that's kind of the the environment piece and and i think just moving to data and digitalization you know, the pace of change is is constant. If if anything, I would say the pandemic has has sped it up. Actually, it's forced some of the more old fashioned practices to just weren't viable in the pandemic, and so therefore I think we can say that that digitalization process has sped up, and you know it will affect the way we underwrite, the way we select and price risk, the way business is distributed and placed. It will affect the product and service we offer. And when I when I use the word affect, I don't mean I don't mean to use that in a negative way. I mean to say it will change things. And and many of these changes can be viewed as being positive. But it will it will have the industry will look different in five, ten years' time to how it does today, I think. 
and and of course the servicing as well of of how premiums claims get dealt with will will, will alter too. So I can I can foresee that digitalization will improve pricing consistency, risk selection. I think it will help cut costs. I think it can also help improve service. But it's I don't see the technology as being the complete answer. And human skills will still be required, but the skills we have in the sector will need to evolve and change to, so that so that the, the kind of like the machine part of our industry can do its job. But it's you still need human judgment alongside that, I think. And so adapting the skill sets in our industry to that future is going to be a key challenge for the, the sector and also an opportunity, of course. Thank you. That's great. There have been many positives in 2021 as well. What would you say have been the most positive? I think for Ayumi, the biggest shift I've witnessed in, in 2021, but also in the last couple of years, has been our involvement with the ESG agenda. I think we've moved it on significantly inside the organisation, but also externally as well. We've created um, a sort of working group within within our uni now to, to try and sort of move the agenda along. But what I would particularly call out, in fact, is I think our members have taken the initiative. If you were to look at the conference we had, the so-called Seoul Conference, the online conference that we had in September this year, something like 25% of the presentations at that event concerned ESG matters. And you will never get 100% because, of course, we have we have activity that relates to, to annual year-to-year um, things that, that, that might feature the environment but not, but not centre on it. And I think that we had 25% of our presentations at this conference that were fully focused on ESG matters, I think is quite telling. If you contrast that with the conference we had just three years ago in Cape Town, one presentation concerned ESG matters. And so that that for me is just a, a sort of symbol of the progress the organization has made and how it's become how ESG has become really, I think, embedded in our way of, of doing business. Well we have to get the balance right, of course. The the key role IUMI has is to represent its members. We're not there to police the industry. We're there to help our members understand change embrace it if they wish to do so i do think we have a leadership role in that but i think i think i think so far i feel really happy we've we've attended to that well and that we're we're continuing to engage closely with our members so i i think there's much more of that to come over the next few years of course there is thank you richard what will ayumi be focusing on in 2022 well we've touched on them some of them already i think that clearly the most immediate thing is how we navigate through the pandemic. We still have to make judgments about, you know, our, our calendar of events that we have lined up for next year will continue to be affected by the pandemic. So some of our meetings may yet be forced fully online or at least held in a kind of a hybrid environment. That being said, our firm intention is to hold the September conference in a physical in-person environment only so and i think because i think it's actually important that we we at least plan to hold what would be the first in-person event in three years the last the last in-person event we had was toronto in 2019 and so so i think it is time we tried to get the community back together so i'm just really got fingers crossed notwithstanding the latest uh, covid variant that we can manage that uh, in september next year because i think it's important we get the community together for the first time uh, in a little while so so that will be an ongoing 
focus for us as we go through next year. I've already talked about the environment and decarbonisation. We have the the recent development of the Poseidon principles for marine insurance, and our uni is closely involved with that. So I think that will be a feature, if not for the end of this year, then the early part of 2022. And one thing we're doing, perhaps more of an internal focus, is to think about our our uni 2030 strategy. So we previously had a 2020 strategic review that that was launched about sort of eight nine years ago, and it's and it's led to many of the things we have in place uh, today, such as the education forum, for example. So I think it's right that we sort of start to turn our attention to thinking about the long term trajectory for the organisation. And of course, it's it's only three years away now, just over two years, in fact, that. The organisation will be celebrating its 150th anniversary. So what better time, really, than to, to, to be thinking about you know, the next 150 years, if I, can, if I can put it that way. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, do you have a personal anecdote from the 2021 Ayumi year? I have two, in fact. That's brilliant. And, and I think, yes, well, I think, in a, you know, in a sea of Zoom calls, I think we're all getting Zoom fatigue now. The two things that that really stuck out for me were the two moments probably this year where I was able to do something in person. The first was a really small one, but I think it meant a lot to all of us. And that was just before the start of the the conference in September. I travelled to Hamburg and we normally hold an executive meeting just before the conference starts. And we did the same this year. And I was able to be with Lars and Hendrika in Hamburg, sitting together and the rest of the EC were, were dialed in over, over Zoom. But I, for me, that, that was a really important moment because it was the first time we'd attempted any kind of in-person or, or hybrid meeting uh, since the start of the pandemic. And so that was a really important moment f- for me. And we might, say, we might summarise by saying that three people was as many people as Ayumi got into a room in 2021. So I'm, I'm hoping to add some noughts to that figure next year. But I would also, more in the external perspective, highlight the first conference I was able to attend, which was literally uh, just some few weeks ago, and it was the Global Maritime Forum in London. And for me, that was a really symbolic moment of where we have been historically and where we're heading to uh, in the future, partly actually because of where the conference was being held. It was being held in a place called Church House in Dean's Yard, which is the cloister around the back of Westminster Abbey, in fact. So an area that is dripping in history. And Church House itself was actually, I didn't realise this, but Church House was the first uh, venue of the UN Security Council holding its first ever meeting and also the first venue for the first meeting of the IMO when it was formed. So actually quite a quite a symbolic place in which to, to hold the Global Maritime Forum. But of course, the, the topic of discussion at the GMF conference was, or the major topic of discussion was decarbonisation. And I found it really quite poignant, in fact, that I was in the middle of, you know, the leadership of the shipping industry in such a historic location. But the whole focus of the of the conference was trying to work out, discuss and work out how we move from where we are to a decarbonised outcome for the, for the shipping sector. And, and that is something, of course, that IUMI and the insurance sector will will continue to play a role in. We're not there to be spectators. We're there to we're there to help the industry achieve that outcome. So that for me was a real highlight of the year as well. 
That's brilliant. Thank you, Richard. That's great. That's great. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. From everyone at Ayumi, we wish all our listeners, obviously, happy holidays and a happy new year coming up. Thank you again, Richard. And no problem. Take care, everyone, and, and, and stay safe.